the beauty of life, actually. It's the most beautiful thing is that we are each an individual person with our own purpose on this planet at this very time and that we're all going to experience our own path. That is absolutely the most beautiful thing. Where's the northern star? The beacon heart I found yesterday, yesterday. Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Time Trender. In the last episode, I talked about my experiences with fear, so I reflected on some of my past experiences um, on how I um, dealt with fear and how I overcame some of those experiences. And I'd like to continue on with that trajectory by continuing the conversation um, about fear um, in the context of how mental health is perceived in the South Asian community, specifically the Tamil community. Um, I'd like to start the conversation um, about why mental health is so stigmatized in our community. Um, and I will be joined today in that conversation by my, one of my favorite people, uh, my cousin, Sarubi Ravindran, who is an energy healer, an intuitive consultant, and a certified healing touch practitioner. Hello, Sarubi. Hi, Namada. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to um, have this conversation with you. How are you? I'm doing really well. Up here in Canada, it's starting to get cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm not there. Um, I remember being there, I think, I think I was six the first time I came to see you yeah, in Canada. It and it was, I was like waist high in snow. Like, <laughs> I think my mum had to just like pick me out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so much snow. Um, but yes, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, happy um, to be here. Congratulations on your podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, I think it would be great for our listeners to to hear a bit about you and your journey. So yes, please, please take us through. Um, yeah, well, again, thank you again for having me. It's a great platform to you know, to open up conversation. And it's really just what all it, what it's all about is to just start talking about these things. They're not meant to be hidden. It's a safe space for us to all speak and speak our truth, right? So again, thanks again for having me. Um, my journey is, I guess, when I sum up my journey or I think about my journey, it's, it's really one of deep self-awareness. Uh, growing up, I... Definitely, and I think a lot of people who are listening or who are Tamil or South Asian are probably going to relate in a lot of ways to me. I am in my late 30s and, you know, growing up, I always had this ideal image in my head about how my life was supposed to go. It was almost like it was charted out for me, you know, and I just heard this through 
family, extended family, friends, um, family friends, right? Everybody kind of said the same thing. And it was, it very much goes like this. You know, you go to school, you get good marks, you become really studious, you know, do the best you can, graduate high school, you go to university, you know, huh? succeed in university. Yeah, and it's then, a very strategic path. Very strategic, yeah. right? And very, very calculated. You know, after yeah. university, you get a great job, make a little bit of money. Then in your mid-20s, you know, that's when we got to start entertaining. Like, okay, when are you going to get married, right? How is that going to look? Um, okay, you need to get married by X age because that's acceptable. And then after you get married, then you got to have some kids and buy a house. And like, you know, it's, a, it's set up very much in this like fairy tale type of perfect. Yeah, you got to tick all the boxes. Right? Yeah, yeah, it, it's very much a tick all the boxes, right? And yeah. hey, I fully was at that time, I thought I was in alignment with that, right? I was like, yeah, that's how things need to go. And I'm going to make sure that happens. And I was very, at that time, in my like teenage years and in my early 20s, 100%, I was very much on board with this in the back of my mind. Um, but I was, I was also very much my own personality, right? So I did things on my own terms. And if I wanted to go out, I wanted to do this, I wanted to experience that, I would do it, right? There was kind of no holding me back. But at the yeah. same time, now in hindsight, I was always held back because I was held back by this, this timeline that I had very much ingrained in my head, right? So I, I didn't realize it then, but I was always kind of holding myself back from what I really wanted to do. Because, you know, that path might work for some people. It's just for my own personal path, that actually wasn't where I was supposed to be. Um, so, you know, I was kind of in my mid-20s and you know, in the later part of that tick the box, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I'm at this age of time to get married. And I had a partner at the time and I'm like, okay, we're at that stage, time to make it happen. Then like in a puff of smoke, the relationship ended, right? And here I am, the year I'm turning 30, single, right? Oh my God. It was like a big, a big thing. <laughs> oh my God, here I am 30 and single, right? Yeah. The world just ended, quote unquote, right? Um, <laughs> but that's just very much how I felt at that time. And sometimes how I was made to feel, right? Um, it was very much emphasized that now you're 30 and single. What are you going to do? Um, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's like it's like that age where like, your parents expect you to have your entire life figured out. Right, yeah, so right. That and age, like thirty, wasn't even uh, close, really. <laughs> and there's no expectation. There really is no timeline for our own individual journey. Everybody's timeline is different for everything. We're all not meant to live the exact same life, right? That's just the beauty of life. Actually, it's <laughs> the most beautiful thing is that we are each an individual person with our own purpose on this planet at this mm -hmm. very time and that we're all going to experience our own path. That is absolutely the most beautiful thing. But here I was at 30, you know, trying to, you know, navigate myself, like what's next for me, right? And that actually then took me down uh, a very spiritual path. Um, I started seeing an intuitive uh, counselor, really actually got connected to my own intuition uh, so I receive information and I'm very much connected to my spirit guides and to the ancestors and to information from, from source. So I then took this path through 
basically all of my 30s to become also an intuitive consultant. So I, I do help people with energy readings and to really help them heal um, energetic wounds and to help them understand where they are energetically and give them tools to kind of help themselves manage their own energy, right? And then as they move forward on their journey. So I very much consider myself just like a helper on on people's journey, just someone to meet that helps you along the way, right? And then I also found myself going down this healing touch um, journey and I'm a certified healing touch practitioner and um, I do NRFG healing and it's also been very healing for myself to take part in this work because a good part of doing this work is healing yourself. And healing for me was really letting go of a lot of the fears that surrounded what my life would be without having this set out path manifest, right? Because my life obviously has manifested very differently than what I was expecting. Um, when things were falling off the rails, there was a ton of fear that generated in me. Like, what am I going to do with my life? Oh my gosh, what does that mean about me? Does that say something about me? Oh my gosh, I'm going to be judged, right? All of those fears kind of kept up. And part of this healing journey for myself, for my own mental health, was to understand that I don't need to be gripped by any fear. Fear does not own me. And how am I going to live my best life if I am constantly in fear? You know, I challenge everybody to even think about this in their own life because I've noticed it in my own. When I make decisions in my life that are rooted and based from a place of fear, things never work out the way I want them to work out. <laughs> but every time I've made a decision that has been connected to my own intuition, coming from my heart, or really true to myself, like really, really true to myself, those have been the best decisions of my life and have taken me on paths and experiences that I would have perhaps never dreamed of, right? before. So, you know, there's a, a lot of fear that generates in our lives sometimes when we have all these expectations to, to live up to in our life. Yeah. But it's about kind of letting that fear not control us. Yeah. Uh, understanding the fear. We always want to understand it. Yeah. And then now how do we let that fear not have control over us? Yeah, so absolutely. It's been a big theme in my life. Um, so it's very relevant that you're bringing this up. Yeah. I think with you as well, it's like, it's a case of, you know, letting fear dictate what's going to happen in your life, but you're not, you're also not dictated by expectation either. Um, it's like, yeah. you have no room for either. And it's, it's such an empowering space to be in um, when that's not the case. And it's, it's certainly one of the reasons why I look up to you as well. Like, I feel like you broke that barrier um, for me in a lot of ways. Um because, I mean, like you, at some point I had experienced, um, you know, a breakup that I wasn't expecting. Um, and you were the first person I called. <laughs> um, and just in, you know, one conversation, I just, I, I was still so broken, but I felt liberated because you just made me question the, the entire concept of expectation. It's like, who am I living my life for? Right? Yeah, we're living for ourselves right and all the people yeah. around us are amazing compliments and 
beautiful additions to our life and all we're going to learn something from everybody right and that's like another amazing thing is that everybody that shows up in your life there is something to be learned there in that relationship right and that's amazing right because and the great thing is is that we have the ability to tap in and learn those lessons right sometimes a lot of people don't want to learn those lessons and you know that's where they are on their path and we've all been there um but there's a lesson in everything uh which i think is a great thing um but yeah that's kind of where i've ended up and now i'm in this place now where like you said i'm not controlled by any fear i have so many goals in life and i have so many dreams but i also will just work towards those goals and dreams but i also don't put so many expectations on all of those dreams i don't want to control how those things will navigate and go because if i assess too much control there then if something doesn't go the way that i've deemed it to go then it might actually cause me unnecessary stress, right? So I have my goals and I'm, my dreams and I work, you know, hard to manifest those dreams into fruition. But I also kind of let go of the expectation and any fears about failure. Um, and, you know, I started a business being in this spiritual healing and teaching space. And mm -hmm. there were so many fears around that that comes up because right? it's, again, I'm used to working in jobs and I do have a job, but I've managed to find a situation for myself that I get to balance the two and I get to spend time on the both. And I'm really happy doing that now. So I found something that really worked for me, right? Which whatever works for me definitely won't work for you or anybody else, but it's about finding what works for you, right? And now I'm continuing about as like a small business owner and trying to build something there and then also continuing my my job. I work in finance, right? And that's like a complete opposite realm, but I love both, right? And I've managed to be able to create something for myself. And like I can finally say after all this work, like I'm in a place where I'm just open to all experiences. Um, some of them may be good, some of them may be bad, some of them will be challenging, but that's like, that's how life is, right? You're always going to be confronted with these different things and I just finally have gotten into a place where and it took a long time <laughs> where I can just accept it all and you know whatever happens happens I'm confident enough in myself now where I can say I can navigate through anything that's that's just that's amazing um I think let's reroute um the discussion slightly just based on everything you've just covered here I think what you've covered is really interesting um you talked about you know, um, family expectations, you've talked um, about, you know, ticking boxes, um, you know, along the way, like we're expected to tick those boxes. Um, and we go through uh, life fearful of not being able to do that, right? Um, so let's re discussion onto um, how mental health is perceived in our community. Um, and that for me, that's 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 how I that's how I see um, the issue existing in our community at the moment because it's if a parent were to confront um, or if a, sorry a child were to confront their parents about a mental health issue that they were experiencing, I think in their minds because 
there is such a stigma in our community when it comes to mental health, they feel like they can't go to their parents about that particular issue because it stops from stops them from ticking that box. Um, that's not a box at all, really. That's something that stop prevents them from ticking all the other boxes, right? Um, it's it's always something unexpected. We never expect to experience that um, in life, but so many people out there in their lifetime have experienced a mental health issue in some form. Um, and it's so important, like moving forward, that it becomes something that is destigmatized and normalized in our community um, rather than it being something that's so feared. Um, why do you think it's so stigmatized? That's a, a really good question. And just through my own personal experience, it's stigmatized because it's different, right? There's this, this image that if you are experiencing a challenge, um, a mental health crisis, or just some sort of internal challenge, right? It happens to all of us at some point in life, but it's, it's not this image of perfection. I just feel like sometimes within the community, and again, this is my own experience, there's just real, emphasis on the need to be perfect and I spent a lot of time trying to live up to perfection right I, I'm very and like you know I'm still working through that I think myself to this day like there's just need to to be perfect right and you know sometimes just the way that people speak to you when you're a kid the language you hear at like parties family gatherings right there's just this need to like okay where are you at with this right it's oh, not high. It's not high. How are you? It's like that's it's what you'd expect. High, how you? It's like how's your life going? Where are you at with this, right? Where are you at in this stage of your studies? And oh, this person is doing this, and you know that person is the same age, right? So there's this need to like congratulations to that compare. person. There's this need to compare always, and this yeah. need to live up to this impossible standard of perfection mm. uh, that. And then puts pressure on you because then, you know, I've also experienced it where if you feel like you're not quite living up to where you need to be, then there's this pressure now. I'm like, oh my God, what do I do to, to become better, right? And then you put this unnecessary stress on yourself to achieve this, this image of perfection. And that in itself can lead to internal crisis, right? Because I found that to be stressful. And being continually hard on myself led me to push myself probably more than I needed to, right? To the point where I was always tired. And then I would find other outlets to like, you know, channel my energy. And, you know, as a young person, that became partying, right? And like maybe drinking too much and that type of stuff, right? So I probably wasn't channeling my energy in the right way because I was just responding to this internal pressure I was feeling to achieve something, um, just so I can say I'm like, I did this, <laughs> right? And that necessarily was not in alignment with maybe where I wanted to go or what I was feeling at the time. Like, you know, we all need to be able to feel balance in our life. And I think a lot of that internal expectation or cultural expectation is this, it all starts with this need to like be perfect right and to live up to this like impossible standard of a person who is perfect 
right? Because um, not everybody can be a doctor or doesn't wants to be a doctor or not everybody is meant to be a lawyer or not everybody's meant to be this top person here and this top finance person and, and you know, top this, top that. <laughs> That's like, so these are all created images that just seems to pass down, pass down, right? And that's nobody's fault because I do feel like that's also passed down from other generations, right? We just keep passing it down, passing it down, passing it down. And every generation feels that, that stress and that fear and that um, extreme pressure to live up to standards yeah. that Absolutely. have been created and are perhaps not realistic and not in alignment with each individual person's journey which is all different so i think this generation of um people in the community have are in this very unique place because first of all we have access to information so much information right we are sometimes maybe over bombarded with information but there is so much information out there that we have access to and easy easy access to these days and like even 10 years ago when I was in my early 20s, the level of access to information was not the same. You very much internalize things, you maybe like talk to your friends about things, but easy access to information is not the same as it is right now. You know, we can credit that to like the internet and social media and, you know, all these type of platforms. But even in my own lifetime, that access to information was not the same, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like in the 90s, for sure. No, even early 2000s, I feel like it just wasn't the same. Mm -hmm. um, so we're in this wonderful, unique um, place where we as a generation can actually start breaking those patterns, right? Healing those traumas. Because I also do believe a lot of that fear gets passed down from generation to generation. But we're all just passing down unhealed trauma from like previous generations. And I, I'm now I'm kind of speaking a little bit from like a spiritual perspective, but we're just passing those down through ancestral lines. And like every generation I think has a story when it yeah. comes to this very topic. Um, you, you talked about, like you talked about it being um, like this pain, this, this trauma being passed down from generation to generation. Um, and we live in a world where we have, you know, easy access um, to resources um, to deal with uh, mental health. Um, and I think as a generation, like we are in a much better position to deal with some of these issues, but I think when it comes specifically down to our community, I feel like the main issue, um, or maybe like where the issues start is, is within the family unit. So it's just the inability to approach a family member, whether that's your brother or your mum or your dad, um, parents being of the generation above, it's difficult to break that barrier. So having the easy access to resources is, is one issue, um, is, 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 is a way out of course. But the main barrier to break first, I feel, is, is that because, um, like speaking from, like my own experiences um, with mental health issues, 
um, just growing up with a lot of anxiety, I, f I feel like I was, I was very fortunate to have two parents who were very, very sensitive um, to what I was going through. Um, and even with that support, I felt like, you know, um, I didn't, I couldn't come out of where, whatever I was experiencing, but it made me feel so much better to, to have that um, family support um, during that time. And I think, yeah, I think it's like, what can we do to start breaking that barrier first? Um, how can we start um, making that conversation more comfortable to have, you know, and what can we start doing to make it easier for, for my generation to, to go up to their mum or dad and say, I am experiencing X, Y, and Z. I need help. Um, and be able to explain where they're coming from to their parents um, and have the freedom to do that. That's a, a very big question. And I think it's also a question that we'll, you can't answer in like, like do one, one sitting almost, right? It's, it's, a, it's a very loaded question, I feel. I think it, it first starts with, with yourself a little bit. And there's this sense of awareness. Like I talked about awareness as a big part of how I was able to transform myself. And almost starting with yourself and learning who you are. Right. So if you recognize and, you know, some people don't even recognize that there is something happening within them. They know something's wrong. They, they feel out of sorts. They actually don't know. Right. You just kind of continue about your business without acknowledging that. That's a, that's actually a huge thing. Right. Is that you don't necessarily actually acknowledge it. So I almost feel like starting with getting to know yourself and that we all should be doing this um, in some capacity in the way that's most resonating for ourselves is to to start with yourself so if you're noticing that you're feeling not quite yourself or out of sorts and you don't know why start finding practices and tools and support like maybe start with like a friend or like go read online or start journaling right or start meditating on what's really going on with you and if you realize like you know what I need to talk to my family. I need some bigger support. It's once you kind of start acknowledging within yourself that there is something I need help with, even though you might feel like there is a, a barrier with the family and it's hard to like break that barrier, you might want to start by talking to a sibling or talking to a cousin or talking to a friend to, to feel like you can build yourself up, right? Someone to encourage you because it, it, it does... I do hear this often and it does sound like a lot of people have struggles approaching their parents for, you know, issues that they feel they will be judged for, right? Or won't be, they won't feel fully heard, right? So it's almost finding yourself in a position where you get heard by someone in your life that's close and that you trust. And getting that courage then to approach your family. And sometimes you just have to like pull the band-aid and just say, hey, because in the end, our families all love us, right? No matter how that may show or how you may perceive it, your families love you. I truly, I, I truly do believe that at my core is that all families, they love each other, right? We're all, we're here as a unit to experience something together as a family unit. And 
by just approaching them and saying, hey, I need to talk to you about something. I don't want you to talk back. I just need you to hear me. You may get an initial resistance, but it's up to you also to kind of keep that conversation and stress how important it is to be heard. I need to be heard. I am experiencing X, Y, Z, and I need some support. How can we move forward? I mean, it sounds easier than it is, but I almost feel like starting with yourself, increasing your own self-awareness and yes. understanding for yourself, what's, what's going on with me, right? And if that means like, I might need to reach out to some people or read stuff online um, to like get other tools or reach out to some therapist to get help. Um, to also help break those conversations or speak to a spiritual healer or there's so many different methods you can go right it's whatever works for you um that might not be the first thing you do you might just go to your parents first right and just start talking to them but it really comes with developing that internal courage i think to to start the conversation and let's face it it might not be an easy conversation right you may have to do it a couple of times and you might just have to keep repeating but you will be heard, right? Because in the end, you need to speak your truth and that results in you being heard. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, um, I feel like um, in our community as well, like there's that generational difference of, you know, um, possibly someone in, in our generation who wants to speak to their family about something they're experiencing and they feel fearful to actually confront their parents about it and talk to their parents about it because they're aware of the stigma um, around mental health. But I realized just, again, coming back to my personal experiences and um, just through stories I've heard over the years, um, that maybe the family's perspective isn't always understood. I feel like they are just as fearful um maybe it's a case of because they don't quite understand what they're dealing with it's like when they hear that their child is experiencing a mental health issue it's like this is so new what do i do you know there's that there's that initial fear um and how do i how do i where do i get the resources for this how do i help my child um you know because it's not as because we've talked about this before it's not just a case of you know, oh, okay, my child has broken his or her arm. Um, she's bleeding, let's go to hospital. Um, and then, you know, she can wear a cast, problem solved. You know, um, it's not as sort of, you know, the solution isn't as strategic as that. Um, but I think that's, I feel like that's what scares them. Um, and I've realized that that's something that you know, needs the attention too. Like we, we want to create the space for both parties um, to feel safe in, in order to communicate exactly what they're fearful of um, and how we can start moving forward. I think that's probably the initial place to start um, the conversation is confronting the fear um, in regards to mental health, um, in regards to what, it, it, to, to, to the fear of the unknown in a sense. Um, yeah. That's what fear is, right? Yeah. That is exactly what fear is. It is fear of the unknown, yeah. right? 
every minute is different. And when you don't know and can't feel the need to control what's going to happen, yeah, that's when fear comes up, right? Because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know the outcome. That's fear. And it's a, it's a wonderful point you made. It's, and that's like the essence of it all, right? Is empathy for, for everybody involved, right? And it's about everybody being heard. Like I may approach somebody or a family member with my own internal struggle and I need to speak my truth and I'm going to say what I have to say, but it's coming from my perspective. I may be met with resistance and fear, but it's about me now also saying, hey, I understand that this may be, you may not understand me and I don't even understand right? But what can we do together to make us both understand, <laughs> right? And it's coming to almost that, like, let's meet in the middle and figure this out. Because if someone's approaching their family member with a mental health issue, the family member doesn't understand, so they automatically judge. Um, but it's really just coming down to they don't understand, right? So nobody, both parties don't understand. But we just need to, like, remove that layer of fear from both sides, because they're fearful of different things, maybe. What's going to happen to me? Or what's going to happen to my child? What does it mean? Et cetera, et cetera. And then, then you can have a conversation, right? And it's almost like it will take me as the person approaching my family member to acknowledge their fear as well, right? Like exhibit the empathy, right? I'm coming to you with something and I'm going to explain my position in full, but I'm also going to acknowledge that, hey, I know you may not understand this, right? I don't fully understand it. And I'm kind of scared, but I also understand that you might be scared. Yeah. And it's almost like making that immediate connection and acknowledging that, hey, my family member is probably also gonna be scared. And just even saying those words can make all the difference in how the conversation goes. Because then they also maybe not are not able to express how they feel, right? Like I experienced that, like, in older generations, and I think this is like all cultures, sometimes <laughs> generations have a very hard time expressing themselves, right? It's just how they grew up, right? So then it's, it's difficult for them to express themselves. But sometimes you expressing that you have empathy for the possession, position that they're in and understanding yeah. and compassion for them, like as much as you're also the one who's like seeking that understanding and compassion, but I also have compassion for you can also be the thing that actually it just breaks open the entire conversation. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's like, it's being able to have that, like you said, like to be able to have that empathy, but it's also about sort of reciprocating that level of vulnerability as well. It's mm -hmm. like, this is how I'm feeling. I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. The whole fear of the unknown thing. Okay. Now you go. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> right it's a conversation yeah. right maybe you know we say uh, let me speak first you know let me get everything out first and then when you're done say like I understand that was probably a lot for you to hear um confusing you probably didn't even have any idea okay how are you feeling right and then allow that person to have space to speak give that family member that opportunity to speak Right. And then you kind of, that's how the, that's how the conversation gets started and who knows where the conversation is going to go after. Maybe you're going to be met with resistance. Maybe not. You kind of don't know, but it's, that's where you kind of start. Right. Yeah. But I almost feel like in many, many situations that I've encountered or heard of, a lot of that doesn't exist. Right. Um, 
it's an ideal place to start. And, you know, it's definitely not an easy, there's no, let's just say there's no perfect fix yeah. for this, but it's really just kind of starting, right? So if you recognize through your own self-awareness that there is something that needs to be addressed, I need to talk to my family about this. Yeah. Then it's about approaching them, but approaching them with the perspective that it's all of us together, right? There's me, I have my perspective, but there's also you and you have your perspective. All the perspectives will be heard. And then how do we work together or how do we unify or how do we support each other? Yeah. How do we move forward together? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to meeting it with fear, resistance, like if you show up and it's also like, if I'm going to initiate the conversation, I want to also show up um, as grounded and as fully in my heart as possible. I don't want to go up with a wall, right? Because if I almost show up with my wall up, my invisible wall of defense <laughs> that I'm expecting, I'm expecting resistance and I'm expecting it to go badly, I almost feel like if we also show up in that way, then that's exactly what you're going to get, right? Yeah. Um, so it's also about you and how you're going to approach it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, really trying to go in with the most open mind and open heart as possible. Yeah. Um, understanding either, hey, there might be resistance, there might not be, there might be confusion, there just might be a lack of understanding. And it's just how do we, how do we move forward from here? Yeah. I just want to jump back to our earlier discussion because you talked a bit about perfection. You know, when I asked you why this stigma exists, you responded with the idea of perfectionism. Um, And I think, you know, that kind of pattern of expectation um, and the, you know, the way we kind of have to adhere to that creates this level of, okay, we need to meet this level level of of expectation. Um, And that exists in our generation. But I just want to put that in perspective to the older generation as well. I think when they're confronted with mental health issues that their family members might be experiencing, I feel like in a lot in a lot of cases it's like because their parents or, you know, they're much older, they want to be perfect. Right? It's like they're the parents, they're, you know, they're wives, they're they have the answers, they, you know, they look after their children, they're nurturing. Um and when they're confronted with this issue, it's like suddenly I don't have the answers. I don't know what to do. I f- I'm falling into fear of the unknown. Um, I don't know how to help my child. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Um, and suddenly they appear in front of their children as imperfect, um, which is so far from the truth um, because all the child would want in that situation is I love you either way right it's like I don't have the answers but I love you right and we're going to work on getting to that end goal and we're going to try and work together like you just said um it's that family unit that they crave first and foremost um and yeah I think it's it it really is it, it does come down to diminishing the sense of perfection on both sides. I think it's not something that just exists in the younger generation. What do you think? There's absolutely no such thing as a perfect human being. Like, 
that in itself is actually the most ridiculous statement, right? Is that there is this existence of a perfect human being. Yeah, we are perfectly absolutely. imperfect. Perfectly imperfect. That is Love it. existence, right? Because we are imperfect, that is the beauty of us, <laughs> right? It's because we experience all these tons of emotions at any given time and we have to navigate through and process them and work through them. That is the human experience. That is what it is to be human. So there, first we just need to like talk about very openly that there is no such thing as perfection, right? And if anybody is going to tell you that, just gotta kinda say like, hey, that doesn't exist, <laughs> right? Uh, so I, I feel like it's just the most impossible standard. And you know, sometimes I just find it a little bit funny that it just carries on so prominently <laughs> within the community because it, everybody will acknowledge that it doesn't exist, <laughs> but it's still there. <laughs> um, so like we're never gonna win that, like that. Yeah, that but yeah, to being perfect, it's like we're always going to lose. <laughs> yeah, and I think we just have to. This is one of those things that if we're confronted with perfectionism, like I'll have no problem telling everybody, I'm like, hey, you cannot hold me to this perfect standard because there's no such thing. <laughs> like, you absolutely cannot come and tell me that you're a perfect person. And I would never hold you to that standard anyway, because that's unfair to you, right? Why am I going to put this pressure on you to be the perfect parent? That is impossible, right? You are a person learning just as everybody else is, <laughs> right? And you're figuring it out as you go. Um, and again, that's that empathy. Like, so I, this one I find to be a little bit like, because I see it as such an obvious thing that we're, we're just clearly all not perfect. Um, but it's, it really just comes to being having honest conversations with, with our family and just say, like, if I'm aware that there's no such thing as perfectionism and I'm confronted with um, people demanding perfection out of me, I have no problem saying there's no such thing, right? It is what it is. <laughs> and it's just about letting, getting them to understand and like, because it's hard to let go of that need as well. Like, and because I've healed myself through that, because I also very, very intimately understand that I always felt like I had to be perfect, right? And couldn't acknowledge the fact that there is no such thing. I knew it, but I still still needed to be perfect. Um, because we, we hold perfectionism in this like really high standard, right? wow, what a great person. She's perfect, right? Like, ooh. <laughs> you know, everybody wants to feel good about themselves, but it's just an unrealistic expectation. And I think it's just about us being very straight up with our friends, our community, everybody in our life that, yeah. hey, I acknowledge and I will never hold you to this perfect standard, right? And I would never want you to feel that pressure. Right? So if a child also is feeling like their parents are like needing to feel perfect, like, oh, I'm the perfect parent, look at this great, perfect child that I raised, and this person is just holding, held them on a pedestal. It's just about kind of opening up the conversation and saying, hey, it's okay, you don't have to be perfect. 
right? You don't have to feel this need. I am not actually expecting you to be so, <laughs> right? Like I understand that you are going, you are learning and going through life as I am and you're going to have your own lessons, but I'm going to understand and give you that same empathy and compassion that you don't have to hold yourself to that standard, right? Um, and it's, that's how we connect too, right? Because sometimes people always say it's hard to connect with your with the older generation. And I'm like, but that's how we start because in the end, if you kind of get to know the stories, their stories a little bit, there's always common themes, right? Like yeah. our older generation, our parents, our grandparents, everybody in our lives, aunts, uncles, they also were teenagers at some point. They were also in their 20s. They were also in their 30s going through maybe perhaps similar themes right, in life. So there's always something to relate on, right? And I yeah. think we, we just try to keep all of that we just try to keep parent and child or like elder and younger person so separate. Like we're just completely different type of people and human beings, but really we all have similar experiences, right? So we can relate on so many things. And just by even just breaking through that, just acknowledging that can open up so much conversation and so many doors, right? Um, to kind of healing and creating all these great relationships because you're creating understanding, <laughs> right? Like, exactly. oh yeah, I understand you because, you know, I went through the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's also, you're able to form that connection with, I feel, older gener members of the older generation when they really hear you as well. I feel like, um, like when you came to visit um, a couple of years ago um, for a couple of weeks, um, I think I remember you saying that about my dad, like, you know, you just, you guys were like best friends for two weeks. <laughs> because, you know, he's... On like very similar type of themes and like, something, like, oh, I get you. And then we would just like start talking, right? <laughs> you guys were just, yeah, you, you really connected because he's, he's just one of those people who just sits there and he listens to you. Um, and that's something that I really, you know, admire and I really... Um, I love about him actually is that he hears you out um, and yeah no I remember like taking you up to oh, where did we go uh, Nairsborough do you remember yeah, and <laughs> I think I still have pictures of you guys um, having your having your kind of pints and having like a, a Sunday roast <laughs> at the pub <laughs> do you remember <laughs> yeah it's a good times. I remember that <laughs> oh I'll never forget it um but yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's, it's about finding those, like, it's about finding alignment, like you said before, um, with other people and within yourself. Um, yeah. But connecting with people is, there's so many ways you can do that. It's, there's no one route or no, one rule for that. Yeah. It's different for every single person. And that's like, what's amazing, right? Is that what works for me doesn't necessarily work for you, but you still get to connect and you find that connection through different ways, right? So we're all going to find it in different ways. It's going to work differently for all of us. And that's, that's also amazing, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think when it comes to, thing, I think is to just it's to try, right. And to try and create that open space and that understanding and that talking and, you know, just yeah. talk about things, right. Like nothing has to be off limits, right. Like let's, let's connect 
on that level, right? Because like, I know you have a story, right? <laughs> so like, like <laughs> relate, right? And you never, through opening up those conversational channels and just getting closer in that sense, that makes talking about more challenging things even easier, right? Because you've we've created a culture of like being open about things, right? Like there's no need for, you know, just because you're older generation or anything to hide like the things you did when you were a kid or whatever, right? Like I love hearing that type of stuff. I think it's so fun. Like it makes me really connect, right? Yeah. And like understand you better. Like I get you, right? Because I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I understand. I, I experience the same thing, right? Yeah. And then you just open up a whole different type of conversation. Then you become more comfortable talking about things, right? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I love the part about um, creating a new culture. I think that, um, you know, for so long we've said that, oh, it's culturally, it's not the norm for us to talk about this. But actually, one day we'll, we'll say, actually, no, it is. Um, it is, right? Because like, the, the conversation has always been like, oh, that's just how things are. Nothing's yeah. going to, right? And if that's your mentality going into it, then of course nothing's going to change, right? Because you just say, oh, it is what it is and I can't do anything about that. But again, I'm, I may be going into like a spiritual perspective, but like I truly believe that we create our, our life, right? Everything that happens to us, we have some hand in creating that through our energetic vibration, frequency, our thoughts, right? Our thoughts have so much to do with the type of life we live right? So we absolutely have it within our power to talk about these things more, create a culture of being more open, right? And not being afraid to say what's on our mind and be the person that you, you know, express who you truly are and be proud of that. Like I am, I'm this person. I will say what I have to say. Doesn't matter. I will always do it from, I'll always do it from like a loving perspective because my intention is never bad right? So sometimes I just say what I have to say. And like, maybe the other person doesn't want to hear it. But I'm only doing it because I'm speaking my truth. And if I were to hide what I truly feel, then I'm not doing myself any service, right? I'm just like, you know, diminishing um, what I really feel like you definitely don't have to agree with what I have to say, but I'm always gonna say what I have to say. And I'm never going to be like hateful or mean about it. I'm just going to say what I have to say right um and that's it um yeah but we can absolutely within our this generation I see we can just we can absolutely put it out there where we change how we all view mental health and how we all view communication right and how we all view well-being um within our all of our relationships it's not just necessarily family but like all of our relationships we can we can absolutely change all of that it's within our power mm -hmm. and we just have to be again I, I, it always ends up coming back to ourselves right i just need to just go on my own journey to learn myself right learning yourself understanding yourself understanding your truth empowers you then to create the relationships that you want in your mm -hmm. life right and to create the dynamics that you want in your life but it starts with an internal awareness yeah and an internal dialogue as well yeah. um 
No, you're absolutely right. And yeah, I think one of the reasons you and I connect as well is that we've always kind of, well, when I started talking to you a lot more growing up, I felt like, you know, you really opened my eyes to that and you normalized that for me, like communicating to a family member about exactly what I'm going through, um, good and bad. Um, you know, I used to think, oh, okay, no, I probably shouldn't tell her that because she's, she doesn't want to hear that, you know, um, or she's too busy, I shouldn't hassle her, or, you know, I would overthink it before I tell you, but, you know, over the years, I just, we just became, I, I became a lot more open with you. <laughs> um, you know, you should never be afraid to, like, seek out help. Like, I, I, I tell that to everybody, because like, I've heard quite a few people actually say that to me over... Oh, I, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to bother you. I'm like, no, don't. Like, if you have something on your mind, you have my number. Message and we'll call or we'll talk and we'll chat. Like, why hold it in? Because you do yourself a disservice by holding things that are bothering you and, you know, on your mind or challenges. Because then what happens is we, even just from an energy perspective, it absolutely just sticks on us like right and yeah the more and more you fester over it the more and more it grows within and it becomes a much bigger thing energetically for you than it probably ever had to be because you've thought about it a million different ways right Whereas, exactly you know if you noticed it something you need to talk about then you know i just just go talk about it to somebody and don't ever feel like, you know, cause there's always that like, Oh, I didn't want to bother you. I didn't want to take your time. But like, if that's the person, cause we all have go-tos, right? Like we have people in our life that we're super comfortable with and talk to when stuff's, you know, when stuff's happening and you just need to like unload a little bit. We all have people in our life that we can turn to, but then we, we feel guilty about taking their time. Right. Why feel guilty if that's the person for you? and you feel comfortable enough to talk to them, just reach out to them, right? Because you don't do yourself any service by internalizing it, you know, letting the story twist in your mind in different ways and overthinking it and causing yourself unnecessary stress. Because then the more and more that sits with you, the more and more it becomes a greater challenge, right? And the thing about all these things is that there is some lesson there for you to learn. Right. So if you're not going to address it or acknowledge or sit with the feelings, sometimes they manifest into like bigger things. Yeah. Right. You know, no, like exactly. And I, I feel like um, just going off what you just said, it's, you know, in the past when I've kept things to myself, you know, I've, I've held on to a lot of stresses and you know, I've just bottled it up. It starts to manifest in you physically. Um, and then, you know, you just end up with all these added health issues, like, uh, you know, you know, whatever it is, like indigestion was a big one for me. Um, and I actually saw that improve. <laughs> I actually saw that improve over time just by, you know, just emptying, um, myself of, 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 of the fear of the, of, of the stress of the trauma of, of, of it all really. Um, just being able to speak to somebody about, about what's going on inside. It's, yeah. it's, it's so therapeutic. It's so relieving. Um, and yeah, I just saw that issue just vanish as soon as I started to do that. Um, yeah. It's all energy, right? Like yeah. it's all happening in your energy field first and then it manifests physically. 
right? So matter is following energy. So that's hundred percent how it works. And you do notice, and like, you don't have to always like talk it out with something with someone necessarily. Like some people just maybe don't want to talk it out, but there's a way to get those things off your chest, right? And off your mind. And I think journaling is an amazing tool to do that. Um, like just freehand, you take a journal, all the things that literally are in your mind, I feel like energetically, when you start writing about it, putting those thoughts on paper, I almost feel like I'm just like draining it out, <laughs> right? Onto the sheet. And that in itself can be really free, right? Because, you know, sometimes we're having a moment and like not everybody's reachable at that given moment, right? So it's also important to have tools in your own toolbox, right? To help yourself when you're feeling like you are having a moment, right? So I think that's really important too in, for everybody is to have some, some tools in their toolbox to help them <laughs> having. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Challenges or are, are like things that they can do to really help ground them, especially when they're having like an extreme moment, right? Like all these things and I just want to like vent and nobody's available. I'm just going to write this down, right? Or I need to get out for a walk, right? Or I need to go for a run. Or I need to like do this exercise or whatever it may be. There's so many things. But it's important also to, as part of your own self-awareness, is to kind of discover along the way, what are some of the tools that I can use for myself that are like readily available if I need them to help me when I notice that I'm having XYZ emotion, right? Or I feel like I need to channel my energy in a healthy way, right? Yeah. Yeah. You've talked a lot about um, sort of energy fields and grounding and, you know, just the movement of energy, um, which is certainly something that um, we will be discussing in, in another episode for sure. Um, but these are, yeah, do, do give us a, a little an intro into, into that um, because that, is something I don't always think about um, when I think about um, you know experiences that I've had in the past, like or something that I'm experiencing now, or a feeling that I'm having right now. I don't. I'm not really aware of those things, but it has a huge impact. Tell us a bit more about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And you know, when when I talk to people about our own personal energy fields, like we we all are energy fields, right? We all vibrate on different frequencies. Depending our moods affect even our frequencies. Um, sometimes we run other people's energy when we really should be running our own energy. And, you know, we've all found ourselves in situations. So when I always think about describing the energy field, I always try to think about or I relate it to think about your own personal bubble. You know, when someone you're sitting down and somebody maybe gets a little bit too close to you and you're all of a sudden just like this. You know, like, oh, you're in my personal space, you know? Oh, you're a little too close. Oh, can you step back a little bit? They're not physically touching you, but they're just too close. Well, you know what's happened? They, their energy field has kind of maybe gotten into your energy field and it's not in a space where it's comfortable for you, right? It's a boundaries that, been, that has been crossed, right? Um, that's your energy field, giving you a response physically saying, hey, whoa, you're, you're in my field, like, and I don't feel comfortable with you being this far in my field. That's your energy field. They're not physically touching you. 
And so when I explain it to people that way, they're like, oh yeah, uh, that happens to me all the time, <laughs> right? So um, that's kind of how I start people on like a energy awareness, right? And then, then as you kind of start paying attention to your energy, as your day goes along, you may have a conversation with someone, right? It doesn't go very well and you end up like, hanging up the phone or you get really angry, right? Sometimes what, everybody responds differently energetically, right? Like I've had times where I've walked into somebody's office at work and they just literally hung up the phone on a bad conversation. And I felt wow. like I was, through the, I was walking through their door at the same time to come in and I actually bounced it back. Oh my God. <laughs> She was so angry off the phone, her energy field just like completely expanded and I felt like I bumped right into it. I did not bump into her door, for sure. <laughs> that I know. But I just like stepped back like, oh my gosh, what happened? Are you okay? And she's like, oh, how, how did you even detect that? I'm like, I don't know, I just felt like I bounced off from your, your energy field. Um, but energy is such a huge, huge part of ourselves. It is a part of ourselves. And I feel like once you get a little bit more familiar with your energy field and understand it, you can really transform how your days go and how you are um, in a day to day and how you even handle yourself and how you handle relationships with people. You understand things on a very different level, right? Um, when you, your energy frequency is changing, it's, it almost becomes, and you're aware of it, you can feel when you're with people who are maybe not in the same energetic space as you, right? And you may feel drained by it. Or if you have conversations with people that, you know, after you get off the phone, you might feel drained, right? There is some sort of energetic exchange that's happening there. And awareness on energy is, has been an absolute game changer for my own life and how I conduct myself and basically everything I do um, every day <laughs> at all moments of the day. I just keep myself very aware of energy and you know this is a concept we can take on such a very deep level because that's our electromagnetic field but then we can also talk about the quantum field right and basically that time doesn't exist. So like, we can go very far with <laughs> the energy field. And with this discussion, no, for sure, yeah, for sure. It's, been, this it's, is... it's one of my passions in life is to learn more and more about our energy fields, the collective energy fields. Everything vibrates. Every living, everything vibrates something. Energy. Everything is energy. Yeah, no, amazing, amazing. No, I'm, I'm certain we'll have another episode just uh to dive oh, into that even more yeah no for sure i'm excited for it um yeah well thank you so much for um joining me on this episode i'm so excited um for our next one um but it's... thank you so much for having me i'm really excited that you're going on this venture and very proud thank of you thank you i'm excited to be a part of it thank you for having me here and looking forward to your future episodes too. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Time Trender. Follow me at Time Trender on Facebook and at Time Trender Podcast on Instagram, where I'll be posting, interacting with you and informing you guys about upcoming podcast episodes. 
I'm so grateful for all the love and so blessed to be embarking on this very rewarding path. I'm your host, Namada, and I hope you can all tune in to the next episode. Have a wonderful week, sending you all lots of love. Thanks for listening. Where's the northern star? Begin high, I found yesterday, yesterday. Where's the northern star? Begin high, I found yesterday, yesterday.